Yeah, to, to me, it's uh, like TLC matches are, are, are the X games of, of pro wrestling, in my opinion. And, and that's, man, back, that's what was so great about our creative freedom within those matches. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. I hope you all enjoyed last week's interview with Becky Lynch. I feel like there was a ton of awesome stuff in there. And based on the reception, it feels like a lot of new fans are going to be tuning in this week. And I'm excited for that because this week we've got one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, someone that I have been kind of holding off on bringing on to this show just because I'm such a big fan and there's so much to talk to them about that I didn't even know where to start but I felt like this was the perfect time, and you'll know why in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome multi-time WWE Tag Team Champion, five-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time World Heavyweight Champion, and former WWE Champion, the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy to out of character. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me, for sure. I'm out of character. <laughs> well, I... I it's funny that you say that because I start off each interview with the same question. And this is something that I'm wondering about you, because even though I've been a fan of yours for as long as I have, I don't know the answer to it. And that's how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV every week? Uh, a lot of it is, is pretty all like, I, I don't really have a character. I don't think I ever have. Um, but yeah, even like for the paint, for example, when I paint my face, it's, it's so normal to me. It's crazy. And I almost feel more comfortable like walking around with my face painted, I feel more normal. Um, but yeah, what you see out there in the ring, like, uh, you know, getting knocked down and getting back up. I mean, that's pretty much the story of my life. So uh, there's not much difference. I'm, I'm pretty much an enigma all around. What is it about the face paint that makes you feel more comfortable in it? I don't know. I think I'm just a big, I'm such a huge fan of like Sting and the Ultimate Warrior and the Road Warriors when I was a kid. And now that I get to live this dream, uh, and I get paid and I get to paint my face. And I think there's something really exciting uh, in the future to where I stop painting my face for a little bit. I've kind of started morphing that the last couple of weeks there. I just leave a few little streaks of uh, skin um, because I think a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people like the paint and a lot of people don't like the paint. So, um, but it's interesting. I can do either, either thing. And, uh, and I don't know what it is. I, I guess I'm just kind of a freak at heart and just walk around my face painting. I, it feels completely normal. I, I'm a fan of the face paint. I've always thought the face paint added a cool uh, wrinkle to, to your on-screen persona. It just, it looks, even though we've seen face paint throughout the decades in, in, in wrestling, I felt like yours always was a little bit different. It had a more of a art vibe to it than like a character that you were portraying. Yeah, when I first started the, the thing with the eyes, man, I, I knew I was on something and I was actually, uh, I was teaming with Sting in this other wrestling world. And, uh, and I came out there and I was doing the thing with my eyes closed and the fans like doing the zombie walk. And, uh, and then we, I got up there beside Stan. He's like, you have totally took my spot. It's something like that. He said, you're like the new version of me was pretty much what he was saying. I was like, wow, that's, this is mind blowing. Um, but yeah, when I started doing the thing with the eyes, it's, I think we're missing out on a big entrance. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but, uh, that a theatrical type of en entrance, with the eyes closed and all that stuff and the power we just got to get now i got my old uh, theme no more words back so uh there's something really uh good that's going to come out of this entrance I, we just got to figure it out you know with the face paint and uh I, i've even thought of like bubbles would look cool i know bubbles are kind of girly but just imagine a big bubble machine 
and the music hits and I'm doing the juke within the bubbles and they're bursting. So I've got a lot of ideas, but you got to kind of figure them out. I, is it tough to have so many artistic ideas in your brain at all times? Yeah, it is. It's like my, my thoughts are, are too big for my size. It's like I, I got to come back down to reality, you know, a lot of times. Um, yeah, it's, it's like kind of mind blowing in itself, especially with uh, the songwriting process. That's really uh, fun and challenging. And it's, I drive myself crazy when I'm trying to translate what the music is telling me. And I kind of just let it, you know, let my heart and mind speak for itself. Uh, and I love that the process, but it is can be overwhelming at times with so many things running through my brain. Well, and especially because you have your, you know, your hands in so many different jars, creatively, create, creatively speaking, you know, you've got the wrestling where you get to flex your creative muscle in that regard. You've got art, clearly, there's paintings behind you. It's something that you do. Your whole property has statues and art. You know, you do it with your music. Um, do you almost feel like you're not doing enough if you're not creating? Yeah, it's like something I, I have to do. Even here's another example of the way I think and, and the way I am. I, I think I see the world differently, but uh, like I weed eat designs in grass as well. And it's so much work, but the, the payoff is so great when you when you see it in your head that you can do this. And then you go out there and actually do it. And then I get a drone shot of what I what I did and I see it from above. And I'm just I'm so proud of myself when I do that. But it is very strange. So uh I refer to myself as Jeffrey Scissorhands here in North Carolina from time to time because I've been doing a piece out at our front driveway and our gate uh, so people riding by can actually see it. And there's some big, beautiful uh, painted up tobacco bars out there. But uh, yeah, I started this huge piece. I, I normally do it when it starts, the seasons start to change, like when fall rolls around, which we're in the midst of right now um, because the grass will be dying soon uh, to, to be born again in the springtime. But yeah, I always do a big piece around this time so by halloween i think i'll have it all figured out and, and finished for for people to ride by and see what is going on in, on that property you know it's, it's, but i love it i love every, every bit of it i'm so glad that you brought up the lawn art because i swear to god here in my list of things to talk about you to talk about with you i have lawn art written down because the idea like i i genuinely I don't even know how one can conceptualize something like that. Like it's, it's such, like, I don't know how you go from like this idea in your head to do on grass gets actually made. Like, how does that, like, how, how do you do that? Like, how long does that take? How, how difficult is it to do? How do you format that? Like, I have so many questions about lawn art. Yeah, that, that, that one all started back when Matt and I were doing this thing called the Hardy show. And there was a, there was a, slogan or something like us versus them and i was like man i bet it'd, it'd be cool for one of my alter ego characters was uh itchweed and he was a weed eater i said well yeah if itchweed did like us versus them in the grass it'd be crazy and, and that, that's like the first time i actually kind of dove into it and then i said well i can i can do a lot more than this because i when i draw i draw like profile faces even in my autograph it's a little profile face in my in my main autograph um but yeah, I just, I see it and, and it's just amazing to take that weed eater because I used to landscape before Matt and I made it in, in the business. Um, so yeah, I just, I did a lot of weed eating back in the days and the guy I learned from would edge instead of using an edger. And I just, I just that day I, I weeded it, us first them and the grass was like, wow, I can, I can do this and I can do a lot more. This is an awesome medium. And, uh, and from time to time, I just have to get out there and do it when I have this, when I see something in the grass, for example, uh, a while back, a few months ago, uh, the grass had grown up quite high, and I saw a snake, like a curled up snake. And I said, I bet I think I can weed eat a snake in this grass right here. And it, and it turned out pretty cool. I mean, it was, it's just amazing. Uh, and, and just like with, you know, pen to paper, uh, brush to canvas, um, 
Posco markers to my face. Uh, it's all the creative process of, of what I am, like a living, breathing kind of piece of art. So do you, you do draw it out first? I do not. It's all free-handed. That's all free every that's Every just, bit of it. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy because, I mean, some of those are yeah. so intricate that I've seen that you do. Yeah, it's all free-handed. That's what I think blows people away when they actually see it because you can't really see it until you see the drone shot from above. It's, you can really tell, like, what's going on with the piece. Um, that's what, yeah, just, yeah, just I see it as I'm in the in the moment and kind of just vibe off the land, off of planet Earth. Man, that's so cool, man. That's so cool. And And you talked about it, you know, how – you know, you're living your dream. And I kind of want to talk about that because it's crazy to me that you've now been wrestling for most of your life. Like a lot of people, you know, start when they're older, but you, there's like footage of you wrestling at like what, 12 to 13 years old or something like that. And now you're 44 and that's literally living your dream. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it is. It all started at the, uh, the Moore County fairgrounds, man. I think I was, I was 12 years old. Uh, when I first went out there in front of like 300 people, it was incredible. It was a half trampoline, a half wrestling ring. It was wild, man. It was the, the Trampoline Wrestling Federation, which we eventually turned that into a real ring and started like the New Frontier Wrestling, and which uh, morphed into Omega uh, before we finally went to WWE. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. And it all started on a trampoline in my backyard, man. We, we would emulate what we would see on TVs, on, on pay-per-views on Sundays, and I'd be the warrior, and Matt would be like, Hogan or whatever, so yeah, it was just incredible. Well, I know they say, you know, don't try this at home and stuff, but I feel like you really don't see kids these days like you did in our era trying that kind of stuff. I mean, I remember growing up, everybody was like, I'm gonna start my own backyard wrestling federation, but like you guys actually not only did it successfully, but then transitioned, to, transitioned it into a lifelong career, which most backyard wrestlers were not able to do, I feel like. Yeah, it was crazy. That just that reminded me of I'd never see, saw the episode with uh, about the death match matches on the uh, dark side of the ring or whatever. But it was like a lot of backyard stuff, and I'd never seen that till I got caught that episode, and it just blew me away. We never did anything like that, but it's it's where it all did start for us, you know, just in our backyards. We would put up walls with these old these like uh, big pieces of plastic that we used to use farming tobacco. Um, and, and paint the paper you name on them and all that stuff. And it just, yeah, it's just so cool to be living this dream 44 years into this, this life. And uh, I'm just extremely blessed. I'm a lot sore. I stretch a lot more these days. But, uh, man, just from last, I've been pretty beat up overall. So it's, it's chiropractor time. I'm going to move topics here. Your first match in WWE was at 16 years old uh, against Razor Ramon. When you first got allowed backstage and were told that you'd be in a match, were you surprised or did you just think that, that's what happens in wrestling. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. I was more scared than, than anything because somebody, uh, this, I think Keith Davis, they might have, I don't know if they called me Keith Davis, but uh, he was afraid of uh, Razor Ramon's finisher. And, uh, and then the Italian stage said, oh, this this kid's great. And, you know, I lied about my age. I was only 16. And he, he can take any finish. And I said, oh, yeah, sure, I'd love to do that. And I was this is back when they used to film like four Raws in one night or something. And I, I was so nervous and scared when I went out there. I thought it was going to be live. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And that ring back in the day was so hard. It was like, once I got through that match, I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue doing this. But then the next night I wrestled the one, two, three kid. And that just, that refilled my soul and, and love for uh, professional wrestling. So it was very shocking, man. I, it, it was very surreal and dreamlike that night. Well, I look, I look at that and I just think of like, man, I couldn't imagine a 16-year-old wrestling on Raw now in a full match against someone like a Razor Ramon. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I miss those days. Like the, back when we were the jobbers, you know, you don't see that anymore. Like the nobodies. And I used to be so excited to see people I'd never seen before. Uh, so that's one thing I do miss about wrestling, uh, in today's time that the jobbers versus the superstars, you know, I'm kind of, it's all kind of came back around that. Now I'm kind of in a position to where I'm the older guy, you know, uh, making the new talent uh, come in, making them look good, taking care of them, you know, along their way to the to the top. What is it like being in that role now? You know, for so long you were the young guy coming up, and now you're the veteran. Uh, it, does it does it feel weird to kind of be that veteran role now? It is, yeah. It's super weird because I, I mean, I I know I'm not as fast as I used to be, and especially since I broke my leg back in 2015. And ended up having knee surgery. Uh, my, I just can't jump like I used to. Um, and so, yeah, things are a lot slower, but it's just cool, especially, again, with the paint. And when I'm, when I'm wearing out there I, and when I see an action figure, it's still that, that never gets old. You know, it's, it's just so cool. to That makes all that time I put in the paint in my face um, worth it, man, when I see this, the action figure. And I remember that image I had in my mind that day before I brought it to life. Um, just weird but i'm just uh, i'm doing my job man it's my time to, to give back but i think there's something that i got to figure out as well and that's kind of needed uh because you know i don't i don't know how much longer i'm going to be wrestling but uh almost like a darker side of, of jeff hardy i think needs to kind of come out uh, and i haven't figured it out yet but i had these these crazy ideas i wrote down a few of them um but yeah it's my time to kind of focus more on the character stuff um instead of the, the half-line moves and then the TLC matches and all that stuff, because uh, I think there's something that's waiting to be unleashed uh, within me. Well, I don't think bubbles are going to work if you're going to try and get a darker character going, <laughs> but I just, just, just for the record here, uh, but does, yeah. does being a heel again, interest you? Cause you haven't really been a heel in WWE, but you have outside, uh, you know, in other places. Does, does being a heel interest you again in this stage of your career? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, but I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can, like when I did the Antichrist thing, I mean, it's, it's really hard to make people hate me. And I think it would be kind of like done in a different way. Uh, but it would be definitely something I've never like really uh, dove into before. Well, then if you're talking about darker stuff, and it's not necessarily a heel turn, does that mean you, you would like to be something like more like a Willow like character in WWE? Oh, I, I would be lying if I if if I said that I, I don't think about Willow all the time, uh, especially uh, when I saw The Fiend, you know, in, in, in real life and how cool that was. And uh, so that naturally got my my wheels spin up. I always talked about bringing Willow into WWE with a black wedding dress and all these images I have in my in my head. Um, but just like what what does it I mean, it, he looks awesome and he can, you know, do all this cool stuff in the ring, uh, but like, where where does it go? Like, what's the longevity behind it all? That's what I'm still kind of trying to trying to work out in my imagination. <laughs> I, it's I, I'm I'm so fascinated by how much how many thoughts you have in your head because I feel like it's like me. I'm always thinking ten steps ahead, and sometimes I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily here, but I'm over there, and I'm trying to think of how we get there. And so I feel like you're a lot of that as well, where. You know, you, you have so many things you want to do that you got to figure out how to get there. And it's interesting to me to, to hear you kind of talking about all that. Yeah, it's, it's man, my thoughts are everywhere. It's, it's, it's hard to like, but naturally, like in the midst of a, like in, inside the match or whatever, you know, you're totally focused on that thing. And it's really hard for me to like focus, like, especially around here when there's certain things I have in my, in my mind that I want to get done before I have to get back to work. Um, and then being a parent on top of all that stuff, there's just a lot. It's a, it's a busy life, but I, I am super blessed and I love each, each moment of it. 
uh, I the, I feel like the closest that I ever saw you get to Willow in WWE was that one match you guys wrestled as the Jinx Brothers. You guys had you and Matt had like a you guys had a Willow vibe to you in that match. Do you remember when you guys wrestled in that in that match? Yeah, I think it was Angus and Will Doe. I <laughs> yes. think they messed up. The- <laughs> it was sweet. Um, but yeah, we tried to, to wear the hoods out there. They wanted to get a, a vibe for like what we looked like and how we performed uh, with the hoods. On. So that was, I totally remember that. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that was early Willow for sure. I even thought it, it just, I kind of now just thought it in my crazy head, uh, what if Willow was a thing? He just came out like I started to feel weird around this time of year, like just a Halloween type of thing. Maybe it just surfaces on around Halloween each year. For however many more years I can do this, but um, just <laughs> one of those ideas, just seeing that man, shoot, that's what's cool about pro wrestling, man. So much is possible. Was that a so that was in a WWE idea that they they wanted to try with you guys, not necessarily something that you pitched because you guys had a million characters. Yeah, I think I, I want to say it was the Italian Stallion and George South who we used to ride up there uh, up north in the church vans. I think they just said, oh yeah, they got another gimmick too. You ought to try their their gimmicks out uh, with the hoods on. Uh, you might be interested in that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I'm not, I think it was from uh, Italian style and just recommended that. Do you have any other funny memories from wrestling people like King Kong Bundy or Jim Neidhart or one, two, three kid back then? Yeah. The, the coolest thing, man, is uh, that night I wrestled King Kong Bundy. Uh, I did the, the backflip on, on his clothesline, you know, and then, and Razor and I think Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, they were all watching, you know, and they, they complimented me on that. And uh, I'll never forget Razor uh, also going, did you see that? They, they used to call me Ice because I kind of look like Vanilla Ice. And did you see what Ice did out there? He went vertical. <laughs> so, well, this is so cool. They're talking about me, like what I what I did out there against King Kong Bundy. Uh, so, yeah, that's a huge, uh, huge memory for me. I, I laughed so hard when I was watching your documentary while prepping for this because I had totally forgotten that when you wrestled those jobber matches that you came back to school and got kicked off the wrestling team for it, which I think that's so funny that, that they looked at it in that regard. We're like, well, no, you, you can't be a pro and play in high school. That's another great one, man. I actually ran into my athletic uh, director uh, at the grocery store a while back, and now he, he loves it that we, we were very you know, successful in what he didn't believe in. Uh, when I was in high school, but uh, yeah, I came home and naturally I was, yeah, you guys got to watch Money Not Raw. I'm going to be on on TV next week. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, when they found out I was making money, a little bit of money for for wrestling in, in WWE, uh, I'll never forget. He said, Jeffrey, you can't do that. That'd be like you playing football in the NFL and coming back to play high school football. I said, no, it's not. I, don't, I think it's completely different than that. You know, this is entertainment. Uh, so yeah, and then I had that, uh, I had to make a, make a decision my, my junior year in high school, like uh, to play, you know, high school sports or to continue uh, pro wrestling. And, and I chose wrestling, obviously, and it, it worked out very well. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you actually got signed to WWE? I think I was 19. I think I, I was about to turn 20. I want to say it's more around. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I was uh, 19. And whose so, idea yeah, it was crazy, it? Man. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you're a teenager in the WWE officially, like, getting paid real money that's i mean that's for for people at that era like wwe if you didn't grow up in that era i don't think you understand like how popular you know wrestling was around that time and the fact that you guys were getting paid real money coming from a small town to be able to do that that's so rad in my opinion yeah we'd get paid like 200 bucks but then uh the guys that were taking us and without them there we wouldn't have 
you know, they kind of got us in the door, but they would take a booking fee. So I, this is another fond memory of back in those days. We'd have to go in their hotel room and give them their booking fee. Uh, they would, we'd get like 250 bucks. They would take like 200 bucks. So we made like 50 bucks. But we were able to show what we believed in that, you know, we could do as far as like, we're going to make somebody remember us. So we're going to go out there and do the best job of getting our ass kicked. And, and it, it all like worked out perfectly. When you got signed, though, you didn't have to give, did you have to give anything to the Italian Stallion then too? Oh, no, no, we were done with him. What well, finally, uh, Matt went around, went around the stallion, and we got it was through Chief J. Strongbow at the time. I think we finally got direct contact with him, so where we didn't have to deal with, with Stallion and, and George South. Um, so yeah, it all, it all worked out, but yeah, and and another memory, man, I've never, I, I went to uh, the guy I worked for in landscaping, uh, I went to school with, and I was pretty much like his foreman, you know, we were cutting so much grass every day, like working our butts off, and uh. And I'll never forget getting that call that day. And I say, hey, his name's Johnny. I said, ah, we, we got signed. We got a contract. We're, we're going to be full time now. And uh, it, it broke his heart. But at the same time, uh, it was a huge, I was like, man, I'm not, I don't have to cut grass every day uh, for the rest of my life. So, I uh, love, although I still love cutting grass. Yeah, I was just going to say, I love that. You, you got the call while cutting grass. You're like, never going to have to cut grass again. And we just talked about how much you love cutting grass now as an adult. I love the full circle. Yeah, it makes no sense. I don't, but I, yeah, it's just not, I've always, and it's the same thing with the face paint, man. It still blows my mind when people go, man, who, who does your, your makeup? I said, I do it. I'm a DIY guy, man. I, I do it. Um, I kind of have to do it. Just like, man, I, I can't, I couldn't pay somebody to cut my grass as long as I'm able to, to cut it. Cause it's always been a thing. I just like, I have to do myself. <laughs> I do feel sometimes when I'm paying to get my grass cut that it seems like a waste of money. That I'm like, I could probably just do this myself. It doesn't seem that difficult. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you totally could. <laughs> <laughs> the second I got a house uh, that I was living, like I was living in a house, it was like, I just started using YouTube for everything of like, well, I'm going to fix it. Instead of paying someone, I'm just going to look on YouTube. And it's amazing how YouTube can just teach you to do everything to where you don't need to hire people anymore. It is. Oh my God. I changed the oil in my four-wheeler like, oh God, for the first time like ever, but I, and I went to YouTube and there it was, bam, exactly how to do it for that model of the four-wheeler. And yes, it's incredible, man. But uh, one thing about grass cutting too, back in the day that I, it kind of changed my, my outlook on everything. Cause when you would overseed grass in the fall, so it'd be green throughout the winter. Um, I forget what kind of grass it is, but uh, when that grass comes up, you can like mow two different directions and that creates those stripes, like on these beautiful baseball fields. And, oh. you know, and you could do just amazing things. with. So that's, that, that always really like, it was a lot of hard work overseeding grass, but man, when that fresh green grass would come up that would be living through the winter, uh, you can mow those beautiful stripes. And it always, always, that made work like crazy fun for me. All right, well, I'm gonna go back to wrestling talk as much as I enjoy the grass talk, just because I know that people on here are like, do you really have Jeff Hardy on here? And you talked to him for 20 minutes about grass, but I, I, I find this stuff fascinating. Uh, whose idea was it for you guys to switch from the rockers like gear to hot topic attire? Uh, I, I want to say it was, uh, I want to say Vince Russo, like uh, thought we needed a makeover. And that's when, uh, me, Matt, me and my brother uh, went to the mall with Michael Hayes, and I think the store was called Gazooks. I don't know if they're around anymore. Uh, but yeah, we didn't know. I mean, I, I just didn't know what it was going to be like wrestling, like when something other than spandex, you know. So uh, it was just crazy. Um, but then Michael Hayes was thinking blue jeans now. But then uh, we ran into the kickwear uh, pants, those baggy pants that, that were popular back in the day. 
And uh, and those tight shirts, man, it was like, yeah, this is, and, and he wanted hair in our face too. That was going to be part, uh, part of the makeover. So the hair was in our face and the tight shirts and the baggy pants. It was so strange at first, but now, I mean, it, I would, I would hate to wrestle in anything else. I mean, it, it feel completely, I, I've had to wrestle in briefs uh, one time and that was crazy embarrassing. I'm not, my body's not, not built for briefs. <laughs> Well, I, I wonder that because you talked about how those pants were popular back in the day. They were. I mean, they were super popular. Um, but where do you still buy pants like that? Because I feel like they're not necessarily in style anymore, but you're one of the people still rocking them. Like, is it hard to find raver pants in 2021? You uh, Kickwear still, uh, we still order from Kickwear. The, the thing I don't like, there's a, the fabric's not the same. It's like a microfiber-like fabric now. It's not got a... There's no, like, uh, the old material had a little bit of shine to it. And it was really, like, we've reached out to them, like, numerous occasions and say, hey, do you think you could make some of those for me? You know, and I could, uh, I'm kind of rocking your wear out there on, on TV. But, uh, yeah, no luck so far. So, yeah, you can still order from kickwear.com wait, or whatever. Wait a second. You get the rape. You've reached out to kickwear to try and work with them, and they haven't gotten back to you? You're like the number one supporter of their gear over the past 20 years or something like that. Like, I ha they haven't gotten back to you about that? Yeah, maybe this will create a spark. I think my wife has sent them several emails. Look, my husband's Jeff Hardy, and he, he still wears your pants. He's been wearing them for 28 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and no, yeah, I mean, it would be huge, man. It'd be like a, you know, a sponsor type of thing. And uh, man, yeah, so hopefully maybe this will get some created a spark uh, between uh, myself and Kickwear. Kickwear, get your stuff together. If you're on Twitter, we're tagging you in this because you guys need to get your stuff together. This man has been rocking your attire for like 30 years now at this point. Get your stuff together, guys. <laughs> like, that, that's crazy. Yeah, please, because you can get them, you know, like uh, custom pants made, but they're just not the same as those old versions of the, the Kickwear pants that Matt and I uh, started wearing. So yeah, that would be great to, to see those again. I mean, just in general though, in that time period, it's, 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 it's funny that that wasn't necessarily, that you guys were told to kind of like go make over yourselves because you guys really did become trendsetters for that time period. I mean, the raver pants, the multicolored hair, the mesh. I mean, in, in some ways it even looks like what you see today's youth wearing as like a throwback to our generation. Yeah, that, that, that reminds me. It was uh, the strangest thing. At one of my music shows a while back, uh, this dude was all painted up. and He was a magician, and he had the big, baggy, uh, green raver pants on. Uh, and he actually invited me and my guitar player to a rave that night. And I was like, what? Is that, is that still a thing? They still have raves in this world? Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was crazy. But yeah, it's still it's still a thing. I like in and people still rock those pants, man, from time to time. And, and then you got the skinny jean thing, too, that's kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not like built for skinny jeans either they just don't look right on me for some reason unless i'm a little more like like boots that kind of overlap the uh the bottom of the jeans i think that was kind of cool but uh, yeah my fashion is all over the place as well well i think that early 90s excuse me late 90s and early 2000s fashion was it was the best era for fashion in my opinion i mean i might be biased since i grew up then but i love all of the late 90s early 2000s stuff music fashion everything about it my favorite era Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that, man, for sure. Even that the grunge movement was huge for me. I, I, I'm kind of genreless. I like all kinds of music. But uh, yeah, that whole just buying the album 10 and Nirvana, all that stuff, just really my life took a, a turn. For I mean, it was just like it, it changed me the way I see the world, the way I, you know, write and live. I mean, it just it was so inspiring to me to see these guys kind of doing their own thing. And, and just that whole, yeah, the grunge movement was, was huge uh, for me. <laughs> 
you know, you talked earlier about how, you know, the character that you play on TV is very similar to you because you don't really have a character, but you know, it feels like you did at, at, at that point is when you kind of created the, the persona that we see now, you know, that you, you started changing your clothes and ever since then, you know, you've kept the look, the same clothes, the same vibe. So, I mean, I guess in a way you had to create the Jeff Hardy character then, right? Yeah. And I think it, it's kind of created itself, uh, you know, along the way, because, uh, God, I think it, we were trying to like, uh, I think it was Stephanie McMahon one day it was before Matt and I went out and I was all painted up and naturally Matt don't do the paint, but, uh, and, and, and she was like, what was, uh, I mean, it's just, it's you, that's what you do. You know, you, there's no really understanding it. Um, it's just, I mean, it's kind of fashion within itself is what, especially like matching your paint to your shirts or your gauges. I mean, it all kind of, yeah, I have, totally created myself and I think that's kind of what's cool about my character overall is because nobody like uh you know it's kind of it's really hard to you know define you know what I am out there in that ring other than just a pro wrestler that's unique I actually I agree it's very hard to define you as a person and I I watch uh before interviews I, I try to watch a bunch of different stuff to kind of you know, get ideas for questions and, and things like that. And I was watching a career retrospective on you and it was the best I had ever heard someone describe you at your height. And they basically said that, you know, at the height of your, you know, in, in that time period that you were like the personification of the late nineties and early two thousands all in one. Like you were a mix of TRL, the offspring, Jackass and and like Tom Green all in a blender and, and blended up into one person, which is why you were so popular with the masses. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good way of describing Jeff Hardy. Cause he was like the personification of that youth culture uh, of the late nineties. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And even uh, when, when we do speak of music and cause like a match is kind of like <clears throat> a song in itself, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's limits, but you know, you can pretty much go anywhere you want to. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is, man, but just um, when people ask me for advice, you know, because I'm not Matt's more the coach type when it comes to pro wrestling. But when they ask me about, yeah, you got any advice? I'm, I'm getting into business, you know, and I'm just like, hey, it's it's really tough these days. But just, you know, find your own unique, you know, and you just got to fish for it. But there's there's things out there that haven't been done. Um, but, yeah, and that's that's always my advice. Just, just try to be unique and, and whatever that means, you know, uh, in its own way. When when you took part in those first tag team ladder matches, did you have veterans telling you after that you were doing too much or did they give you praise? Because now you see so many people on social media, veterans like, oh, everyone needs to slow it down, needs to do less. But, you know, when you watch some of those matches, you, you don't even have a second to, to catch your breath because there's always so much happening in it. Yeah, to me, it's uh, like TLC matches are, are, are the X games of, of pro wrestling, in my opinion. And and that's, man, back that's what was so great about our creative freedom within those matches. And then, uh, you know, some of the things like my thoughts being too big for my size, you know, like really not doable. Um, but yeah, all those things, just putting that stuff together. We were like young and hungry, uh, but we knew we were going to go out there, especially that the first tag team ladder match with Edge and Christian, man. That was that that really turned the page for us as far as like becoming who we are, you know, as as wrestlers and and getting to do what we used to do in the backyard on these ladders in front of like twenty thousand people. Um, but yeah, just uh, we we knew we were going to go out there, we we're going to steal this show. But that's what was so cool about that time too, because you know you had the main eventers and we were like the young hip 
you know, alternative uh, X Games uh, type of uh, personas uh, with with the ladder matches and, and stuff. And now I mean, there's a whole pay per view like that was kind of created for that. So it's super cool, like what we've been able to do. Is it is it uh when when you finished the first one, the first TLC match, um, did it feel like you had done something special? Like, did you know, like, oh man, we just did something that that is gonna stand the test of time? Yeah, for sure. I think that might have been the first. Uh, time coming back to the gorilla where there's like a standing you know everybody was applauding like wow, what, what did we just see <clears throat> um so, so yeah and even that one memory that comes to mind like in that tag team ladder match the seesaw spot was from my brain i was like yeah we could do that man i think it'd be unsafe but just the reaction when my butt landed on that ladder and matt and uh, jay got hit with the ladders i was like man was like, this this happened this was only in my head and it actually is, is a real thing that's kind of immortal um, so yeah, just all those, uh, you know, the, the standing ovations, man, it was just incredible. After those matches. What's the scariest dive that you ever did where when you got to the top of the ladder or top of the platform that you were like, Oh man, why did I have this idea? Uh, the, the, uh, the highest swanton to date is 33 feet. Uh, the one to Randy Orton, it was like when raw was going to change the set. So they wanted to do something big. Um, but that was a scary one, man. But that was, it was full commitment i was kind of afraid i wasn't going to be graceful in my swan time but uh that was one of those moments it just it was up there and all those people I, you know i fuel off of their uh, adrenaline and the energy they they give me moments like that but i just completely committed to the gracefulness of it and uh but yeah that was uh, i was very scared but the, the fear is part of the fun in situations like that it's just cool to conquer something you're, you're afraid of um and, and that was a prime time example of that I couldn't imagine jumping off of anything that high. Like you say, the f the fun is conquering your fear, but <laughs> the thought of that, just even just standing there, I'm like, nah, I think I could pass on jumping from that high in the air. Like I jumped off my roof as a kid into a pool, and that was enough for me. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, man. Just to see kids like doing this, and they they tell me stories all the time. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my son broke his arm because he was doing swantons in his bedroom or whatever. And I'm like, I'm so, I'm so sorry, but. Uh, and even just seeing kids still wearing trouser socks was another thing. I think that idea came from uh, Marilyn Manson back in the day when he was wearing the things. And uh, so that, that might be pretty cool. That was another part of the makeover, like kind of building up to the brood type of thing when I, when I actually painted my fingernails for the first time. And uh, But yeah, the trouser things, the trouser knee-high women's socks were, were the thing I used to wear as Willow. And that kind of became a Jeff Hardy thing, obviously. Can I make... Can I make a little confession to you? Sure. So, so I, uh, like I said at the top here, you're one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Uh, when I, but when I was a kid, number one. Like, Jeff Hardy was my number one favorite wrestler. No question. The Hardy Boys were my thing. Um, but there's a match of yours that everybody always praises. And for me, it had such an opposite effect. And it was the match that you had against... The Undertaker, the ladder match, and never—I know it's a—it's a big match of yours, but I was such a hardcore internet wrestling fan at the time that I was like, I want WWE to make new stars, and I want Jeff Hardy to be the champion. So when you lost that match against the Undertaker, I stopped watching wrestling for like a year because I was so mad that they didn't make you champion. Then I was like, man, this is this was his moment. This was this was like his coming out moment. He should have been champion. And I stopped watching. Uh, I stopped watching wrestling for like a year because I was so mad about you losing that match. But then later in life, 
I see everyone praise it. So I take it, it feels like you were happy with that match. You weren't like me where you were angry with the fact that you lost. Oh, yeah. It, I knew even back then in my young you know, mind that uh, that was going to be huge for me. I mean, The Undertaker is the man, you know, like, and I owe him so much for like, oh, God, he's, he's just helped me out so much with moments like that but uh it was the classic story of the underdog or the david versus the goliath you know like and uh and i came so close there's one moment to where i fight back in that match and it's just it look it's like so real like and the, you can feel the people going this is he is going to become champion this young unique soul uh is going to beat the undertaker and god the energy was so incredible uh in that that building that night still to this day like the when people talk about my career and they, that that match is like up there especially in my solo dimension uh i refer to it as um that was huge for me uh like going out on my own do you prefer the solo dimension or the tag dimension which one do you like more i think over like when you're on the road like all the time i totally prefer the tag team dimension um because it's like a lot easier and, and my thing i've always said uh you got to shine when you sell, man. You got to make make them look good and make the people believe that, you know, uh, you got to get that sympathy. Um, so, so yeah, that's always kind of been my thing is to uh, to look good when I'm selling. And that's one of the biggest things about Hardy Boy matches. Uh, I'm pretty much the one that's always, you know, taking the heat and then making that hot tag to Matt. So, uh, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, I miss that from time to time because it's just a lot easier on your body because you're not, you know, you're not just out there uh being a one-man army uh so to speak but um but yeah i think overall especially as we age uh tag team dimension is is for me i'm amazed you know with the with the amount of bumps that you've taken over the years um crazy bumps that you've taken over the years that you still can put on a match like the ladder match you have with Sami Zayn and aj styles because in my opinion that was one of the best matches of 2020 and the article that i wrote for ww.com i think i I was, it was either one or two, uh, or sorry, not for W.com, for FoxSports.com. It was either one or two, and I just, I, it's so cool to me that, that when you get those chances, you still show why you're the legend that you are. Yeah, and, that, and, and thank you for saying that, too, because that, that was such a chaotic, you know, type of match. And, and as you could see, you know, during the match, I didn't have the full face paint on because it was just such a stressful day, you know, trying to get, get ready for that match. And, um and so that's why my, my entire face wasn't painted because it is a lot of extra work, you know, painting the face where you're not really focused completely on the match. But uh, I got ear gauges, right? So that was another example of um, why, why, why don't we use them? Nobody's really ever used them. And it started with the, you know, Randy Orton and the Hell in a Cell, you know, gruesome uh, side of him twisting the, the screwdriver. But yeah, when it comes to ladder matches, uh, the way I think, I was like, wow, what if we could attach a ladder to my ear somehow? And maybe it could work if I win or if I lose. Uh, that was terrifying, man. When Sammy first hooked it to my, my uh, ear, it like the ladder fell over and it pulled my ear. And I thought for sure I was going to the hospital and I was going to rip out. But uh, yeah, somehow it's just another thing I kind of imagined and uh, and pitched it. And, and man, it is, it's a part of history now. Um, so yeah, but that was a, that was a scary one, man. It's always, um, yeah, to attach a six foot ladder to your ear is never a good idea. So do not do that at home. <laughs> well, when I brought you on at the top here, I mentioned how I had been holding off, waiting for a specific reason to bring you on. And, and I said that, uh, you might, you'll know why when I bring them on. And that's because you're on SmackDown now, uh, obviously Fox sports. I like SmackDown. I'm a SmackDown guy. And I felt like before you got drafted away from SmackDown in the last draft, you had a lot of momentum on your side. Um, 
Do you feel like that was the case that he kind of stalled a little bit when you went to Raw? But I feel like on SmackDown, you had a lot of momentum beforehand. I am looking forward to just a two-hour show and to be back on SmackDown. Uh, for some reason, I just like, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of what the bloodline, what they're doing now. It's just so exciting. Uh, the Usos and Roman Reigns. And uh, so, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it, I, I, I'm going to have a little momentum uh, making this change. So it's just it's super exciting that, that what um, what's possible. Uh, with me from here on out. So uh, I think SmackDown is going to be a, be a good thing for me, a great thing. I take it a match against Rowan Reigns is at the top of your list of what you want to do back on SmackDown now? Oh, yeah, for sure. When, when people <clears throat> ask me about dream matches, I always, I've been saying that like like a maniac. Oh, yeah, that's a, a, you know, another, I can see the beauty within the match when I envision it in my head, you know, how how powerful it could be. Because uh, this stuff is just so powerful and uh, strong. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one. It, one another, I, I know. I think I think Kevin Owens went to um, got drafted yeah, he, to Raw, but that's yeah, another guy. I've never, yeah, I've never worked with. I always uh, forget to mention him because I think we could have some really uh, interesting uh, um, matches. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, I've pretty much done everything I've ever dreamt of doing. It's it's just I'm super blessed. <laughs> You've never had one match with Kevin Owens. No, we've never been in the ring together. I, I, not, not that I know of. I don't think at all. That's it was really, like really. I worked with AJ, you know, crazy amounts of times. But even with Sami Zayn in that ladder match, it was cool to get in there with him because I know Sami and Kevin are friends. They go way back. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Owens. I don't, we've never like uh, touched. Man, like, he does. Ring, he, so, and yeah, he does a swanton be. bomb. I'm assuming as in some way inspired by you and his move set too. So I would. That's a. That's a match I would love to see. It's a bummer that you guys aren't on the same brand for that to happen. But I was amazed when I was looking through your cage match that you haven't wrestled Roman Reigns even in a tag match either, right? Yeah, nothing. We haven't. Yep. We have not came close to each other whatsoever. Uh, like I think Matt and I wrestled Seth Rollins and. Dean Ambrose at some point. That was cool because they were like the shield, you know, that was the big deal. And, uh, so we, we've been in the ring with those guys. Uh, yeah, we've never never came close. Well, that's definitely a dream match that I would like to see happen in the next few months because obviously, as I said to you, I'm a huge fan of yours and Roman Reigns is killing it. So that's, that's high on my list of, of matches I want to see on SmackDown now. Uh, all right, I got to get to my ending here. I got to get to my closing questions because... I've run past my time, but usually I end each episode talking with my guest about their finishing moves. I got a couple quick questions for you. First, who's your favorite person to hit the twist of fate on and why? Um, uh, I think I, I guess I have to say my brother, uh, just because it's kind of our move uh, as a tag team. You know, it's the setup for the Swanton. So uh, especially when he's being a butthole, you know, not, not being a good guy. It's always fun to, to hit my brother with the twist. I was really hoping that was going to be your answer to that one when I wrote it down. I, I had a feeling that was going to be it. Uh, who came up with the name Swanton Bomb? Uh, I think I, I did. I think Jim Ross was commentating at the time, and I and I think originally it was like Swanton uh, uh, or something like that. But it, you know, I thought it looked kind of graceful, and the swans are kind of graceful. And I said, "What if we called it Swanton instead of Senton?" And uh, yeah, and it just—it's amazing. It just how it's kind of stuck, and it's totally—you know—that's what it is. That's my finish, the Swanton bomb. And lastly, what's the most memorable time that you hit the Swanton bomb on someone? Uh, it would have to be uh, when I became WWE champion for the first time. I think it was against Triple H and Edge. Uh, I think I, that when I hit, I knew it was my moment. My dream was coming true, and. Uh, yeah, that was just, that's by far the, the biggest and most memorable 
uh, swan time, just from a champion's uh, perspective and, and a childhood dream uh, coming true. So, uh, yeah, that one, that one's at the top. Jeff, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate you giving me the time. I've wanted to have a chat like this for since I started working in covering wrestling news. So I appreciate the time, really. Thank you so much. And thanks for uh, discussing a little bit of landscaping with me, man. That's always <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I feel like you don't get to talk about landscaping in a lot of your interviews. So I, I had a feeling that might make you happy. Yeah, for sure. I think there might even when I if I as long as I'm able to weed eat, uh, there might be a thing to that in itself. I've thought about it over the years, you know, just like I wonder if people would pay for me to like do a flower in the yard or something, you know. So that might be a, a thing. Dude, uh, people would for sure people would yeah. for sure pay for that, dude. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, I'm just I'm so blessed again to have all these creative talents going on inside of my, my brain. Well, if you if you uh, start selling those, let me know, and I'll, I'll have you come do something on my grass. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you soon, dude. Peace. That was the one, the only Jeff Hardy. Super cool guy. Great landscaper as well. Uh, all right. Now, make sure you watch Friday Night Smackdown this week. You're not going to want to miss it. The new rosters are in effect after the WWE draft. Jeff Hardy is one of those people, so you're not going to want to miss the new talent coming into Friday Night SmackDown after Crown Jewel. Also, make sure that you subscribe to Add a Character on all the different podcast platforms. Whichever one you listen to, make sure you subscribe on there and leave a rating or review if you can as well. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel, WWE on Fox. That's where you can find this show every week and a bunch of clips from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And make sure you follow us on social media as well, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you're on, we are on there too. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now. 